Come on, bruh. There it is. All right, welcome to Good to Geek Out. Good place to go to geek out. I've been here a few times today, to be honest. It's like Groundhog Day. Uh, chapter 16, The Mandalorian. We're here to cover it. Talk about something you've probably heard of already. Editor, San Antonio. Cover the rescue with my lifelong friends here. What up, fellas? Hey, Rob Lucy, coming at you from Phoenix, Oregon. Uh, yeah, if you uh, if you haven't, uh, warning, spoilers ahead. Spoiler-filled episode. Uh, maybe a review of the... Uh, second season altogether uh, obviously this this one is something i'm really excited to talk about uh, what did you think mr boba fresh the book of boba fresh coming at you from san francisco i'm really looking forward to talking about this stuff and uh i really yeah i'm glad that there are no spoilers that's a shot that's that's cruel I, I blew it. I spoiled something for a good friend. I'm that guy on accident. Uh, at least I'm not a dropper. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a dropper? Uh, anyway, uh, so we've been doing a cold uh, review of the cold openings this whole season. We will continue that. Slave One approaching the Imperial ship to quote-unquote rescue Dr. Pershing He's a good flyer. He's a good flyer. Good pilot. I'm sorry. Did you say rescue, Doctor Pershing? I, I was thinking kidnap. I said quote unquote rescue. <laughs> Who whose quotes? Who, whose quote? <laughs> who's quoting? <laughs> Who are you citing? I mean, they ended up doing it. Um, yes, I, I think that the gold open again. The strength of this entire episode. Um, throughout the season, like they just set everything up so well. I mean, not only just with the previously ons, but like just getting the tone, like the cold open. Like, first of all, I don't know how the slave one docks with the shuttle. I was really hoping that they would uh, kind of answer that. They did that off screen, right. but like the rise up of the slave one coming and um, just everything so big. But when they get on the bridge and those uh, imperial dudes, like face off what do you think about that lucy i thought it was absolutely hilarious so the one guy's like hey i give up dude and then his his co-pilot or the pilot just shoots him and then he starts talking crap to cara dune about watching her planet destroy and like this that and the other thing and i'm just watching this i'm like this is not the smart play for this. there's no this guy is like because he's got Dr. Pershing, he's got a gun to Dr. Pershing's head. That's his like out. Like he he he's so arrogant that he's gonna talk down an obviously uh, a drop trooper, talk crap about her planet, and yeah yeah no like she's like yeah he's he's getting shot right in the head. I thought that the whole thing was cool, in the sense that it, I didn't see it as arrogance as much as the fanaticism like yeah this is a die hard dude because the other guy's part of the same empire like he has the same air like you know like they're still like i'm still part i'm still protected by the american military like you know i don't think like anyone's going to pull up and necessarily protect me protect me at this second because i don't need it but like i'm part of the largest 
empire like like so like i think that there's this arrogance that goes along with that so this dude's a fanatic yeah. like he's like yo like this is like like it was suicidal as the guy who bit down earlier in the season against Bo-Katan with the uh, electrified cyanide pill like like they're suicidal for this cause and i think that it's really almost you know not, not a kamikaze mentality but they're showing us like how far that these some of the empire imperials will still go if they're still part of this two death star two broken death stars later like you're down for the cause it's not just a job and then, i mean they do also can you get that other side like they've been showing the other side of the empire like with the celebration uh last episode and this one you get when they're the rebels are called terrorists because they killed millions on the Death Star, which is something also that's never been addressed outside of like a Kevin Smith movie. How many mm -hmm. people die on the Death Star? Um, all right. Well, that's when I think her sly little which one was like a good. Oh yeah, I mean, that was it was great fucking dialogue. Like I mean, we want to talk about like just two people going back and forth, and we as the audience want her to pull the trigger so bad. And it's just such a release when she does. Like it's it, like because you're just like ah, oh, she's a law. She's gonna take. She's gonna take him in. I know she's gonna take him in. She's like oh nope, <laughs> nope. Not today. Not today. And then uh, so after the intro, we get straight to the night owls to go get Bo-Katan in a very, very interesting uh, discussion, quote unquote discussion. Can I use a quote now uh, about? what Mandalorian means and what a Mandalorian is and what honor and respect is that fight jetpack. You're going to start using your jetpack just to jump an extra two feet higher. I'm all in. I'll watch that all day. I loved it. Yeah, totally agree. I think that the way that they use that small space, like they've been having, it was the opposite of episode three's big scene. Like, you know, like, Everything is always so, there's a million clone troopers out over there and like all this. And they're just like, nah, this is just what happens in the cantina. Like we, we, we break in tables, we do it. We run up the sides of walls and doing drop kicks with jet packs and like <laughs> flamethrower, flamethrower, like dual, like get out of here, that shit was dope. Yeah. Oh, I mean, then just dropping the whole clone thing. Like I've heard your voice a thousand times. Yeah. I mean, no one's disrespected. Well, no, one, it's not even disrespect. No one's just addressed him in that way. Since it'll, it'll be, so, yeah, so I, um, well, it's it's funny as they as the Mandalorian and, and Boba Fett walk into the cantina, silence. And then you see a couple of those aliens make it for the like they're going to the door. They know some trouble about to happen. <laughs> um, but then yeah, so to to your, I always thought that Boba uh, Fett was considered a Mandalorian. He is an act. He is the actual legitimate son. He's not a clone, or am I mistaken? He's a perfect clone. Yeah, but Lucy thought that he had a. Lucy's thinking that he had a biological mom. Oh no no no. Mm. Am, I, am I incorrect on that, Lucy? That no no no. I, I I did not think he was cloned like the like the other ones. I didn't like he was he was he was born in a tank, but aged normally. Yeah, raised normally. So the tank was the mother. Put it that way. And then okay. he kind of raised him from there. I assume. So did he get the armor? Was the armor passed down to him? 
He got it off his father's did, corpse. Or did, did Django did Django Fett treat him like an actual child, like a, like an actual son, or does Django Fett even like know he's he was raised like his son? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so he has a whole a, com, a, a completely different experience than your your right. other clones, and I don't think uh, Bo-Katan quite understood that. And then when they leave, they had um, the uh, the Mandalorian. Uh, I guess a large freighter style ship sitting next to slave one. I thought that was a nice, a nice scene. I like, Ooh, I thought they always had the coolest uh, or some of the coolest ships, ship designs. Yeah. And then we go into the planning phase. Yeah. Once you get the planning phase, they start talking about the dark troopers uh, through Pershing when he starts giving them information uh, voluntarily. Um, we find out that they are the third, generation that Strader had been talking about this whole time and they are droids or not humans um which i also think is cool for them to have done the two iterations of dark troopers off screen because that gives you see something else that they can explore yeah. later on like what what failed in this story with with the first two where they're just like nope we just got to take take the 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 biological component out completely they looked great. Yeah, and then uh, that's when they try to do the infiltration, and uh, <laughs> they get the Tie Fighters get sent out instead of them getting uh, allowed on board. What'd you think about that scene, Lucy? When uh... I, I thought how they launched the Tie Fighters was just beautiful, coming over on like the cranes and then launching them down. You know what could be thought of as maybe like a rail cannon, almost like. Uh, it, it, like another throwback to Top Gun when these things are getting launched off the deck of the aircraft carrier on the, on the catapult, and like, you know, and yeah, to Boba Fett's credit, he's a really good shot by missing very, very closely. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it, it was it was gorgeous. It was a gorgeous scene. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a ride one day. For sure. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> I could see them making that part of like a star tours um the crash was dope like i mean you want to do a proper beachhead scene uh hmm. they did just enough subterfuge with the imperial shuttle where they're like like should we let the person out? she like should we should we not um and then yeah that just perfect dive bomb shredding the wings and just like it was dope like it, it was what i wanted it was amazing it's just like the last one when they're they're all sharpshooters so it's really quick like they get they start tearing through that place uh really quick until we get yeah all, all girl strike team heading to the yeah, bridge i didn't notice that till the third time and i was like oh that's right boba fett's gone oh this is he's got the the a force avengers backing him up yeah, and I think that that was, again, one of those dope things that they ended up setting and uh, seeding throughout the episodes, like setting up that uh, Finnick was just so dope, that Bo-Katan and I don't know the other characters. Sasha Banks, the, the actor's Sasha, person. Really? That's the, Okay, that's the actor's name. Oh, okay. no, that, that's her wrestling name. Oh, okay, that's a... Oh, a, that is Sasha Banks? That's oh, yeah, that's, that's Snoop Dogg's that's cool. cousin. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't, didn't. I didn't either until like the third time I saw that Bo-Katan episode, the first one. But um, but yeah, the way that they all end up fanning out, and you just have 
this all-female strike force that ends up being so naturally just like woven and it made me think of obviously everyone's complaint about the forced uh, splash page in uh, Avengers with the complaining about all that. The, put all the women in, in the row at the one same time. Like, da, da, da. And as yeah, we're some dumbasses complaining about that scene because that was a badass scene. Yeah, that's really forced, I think. 100% agree. And the way that that was felt forced for everyone, no one could complain. Like, like, anyone who wants to like take apart like how bad uh the, the women are just not as good like any of that mentality like they went in and fucked shit up i wanted to play that game i wanted to be in that game it was dope nice star destroyer droid for a little uh, reference haven't seen those ever since star wars right you you mean as the Mandalorians walk into the uh, to the brig? Yeah, he sees that asteroid. The star destroyer droid, the white one, the like silver pale white one. Oh, um, like the bug eyes. Yeah, their version of C three PO, but it was made by an insect insect species, uh, the same ones that are uh, for Lom or Zuckus, one of their species. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, they're like, why would we make human heads on our robots? Here, we put insect heads on our, on our robots. Uh, so then Moff Gideon releases the Dark Troopers, and that music, that music is a whole entity until itself, unto itself. Every time you see them, but I think mo I think you you hear it most, especially when they're released, and it's like this synthy, like uncomfortable, almost horror type music. Um, man. Every time I watch it, it stops me in my tracks because everything everything's progressing at a certain rate, at a certain point up to there, and there's a lot going on. But that music just stops you, and you realize like, oh shit! And then you know the way it's shot, obviously, it something's about to go down. I think it was a, a cool contrast uh, the way that they came out with the maximum initiative, as uh, Bo-Katan put it, and after that, you get Jen just like. Oh shit! They killed all y'all. <laughs> oh, no, you, you're dead. Like, like I don't have to like double down and shoot anybody. Like y'all are all dead. Um, but to have the stealth aspect, like sometimes whenever I watch these, I always think about like it, it feels very much like running a Star Wars superhero, a Star Wars uh, role playing game. And there's so many times that I would say, "Do not split the party." But the way that they split the party to tell these two different stories was, mm. like, I'd be like, "All right, cool, let's." Let's run this because when he does get down the hall, the dark troopers are released, and uh, he's like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> <laughs> it, the the one thing that I noticed, but I thought was uh, a great shot. Um, not only does his spear hold up, but his helmet holds up as it's making a dent in the bulkhead <laughs> of oh, the yeah, ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like driven like four, five, six inches into that thing. <laughs> it's like, ooh. So yeah, that, that best car is some special stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that beatdown is a special thing too. It was a real skank in the stud pile. The fucking Moff Gideon comes in so dick dastardly. <laughs> he is so over the top with his cartoonish villainy that I love it. Oh, hmm, so you want the baby, do you? <laughs> Let me tell you, I know you're out of it. Oh, 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 
I, I don't want to jump too far, but I, I 100% agree. From the point that you see him in the, in the cell, he basically narrates the rest of the, uh, the entire episode, yeah. which, I, which he does so well. It's like he's just explaining it, which is a little bit corny, but, but yeah, it is that, that dick dastardly, like, oh, he's an annoying supervillain. Yeah, but it, but in a, a way that doesn't like yeah oh that's hilarious and because he's so charismatic like you're right lucy like there's so much exposition that's getting dropped and we i think also forget like there's this is the first time some people are watching any of this ever sure. so for the culmination to matter for anybody the fact that he's there like spoon feeding you but in this way that's like <laughs> but did you know about this like it reminded me of like how stan lee used to like do like one page like and this is what's been going on in the avengers mansion and like you know like he's like, da, 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 and like uh just like this big beautiful natural exposition in kind of addressing fanboys within the fiction itself because you knew they were already gonna be like, well, how did he know that the uh, whistling birds had hadn't already been shot? And he's like, well, I already know that the whistling birds got shot. Like, you know, like they're just like, we're gonna get ahead of all of your little little glitch complaints right now and just and just squash them. And I mean, after we we were talking about uh, the the watch, the death watch that Amanda uh, was raised in, and how they were called fanatics and. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Zealots uh, by the by Bo-Katan and the Night Owls, and here we see they are fanatics in their own way that they have some ritual they must adhere to where they can't mm-hmm. you can't take the dark saber unless uh, she defeats him in battle. And I know that people are going to reference um, Clone Wars when she did take it. But I'd like to note that she took that reluctantly and did not take it as acceptance. She took it as someone who was going to hold the saber until a true um, queen or king rose to lead them. So that's the difference. But she needs she wants to be the leader here. So she wants to take she has to take it through the right proper ritual. Yeah. And how do we find that out? Moff Gideon tells us all about it. (laughs) Cool. Let's keep it going. So now the moment everyone's waiting for, the X-Wing rolls up. What do you guys think? I'm sure if they did not give up the baby, he would have killed every single person in that room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got it. He has a darkness to him at this point yeah, in time. Oh, no, yeah, like, there's a reason it looks like Vader from Rogue One. Yeah, not Very similar cool. fighting. Uh, that's black glove and uh, everything. Yeah, yeah, it's the black suit, the black glove, the, the, the dark robe. Um, and and you know, he... he Gosh, his skills through there. We were talking about it before. And like, how many like no look behind the back blocks does he have? Fortified. And the way that Fortified. he uses the force, just like crushing them like old aluminum cans. That's that was like a real dark side look. That's a Vader. Like, oh, so if he could do that to a robot, he could basically pop somebody's head like a cherry if he wanted to. <laughs> and he has like an arrogance to him too when he when he's coming through all this. And I'm thinking that his age also funny. Um, that I noted that Boba Fett didn't know Luke was coming, had like beelined it out, like had booked out of there not 30 minutes before he shows up. And, and the last time Luke saw Boba Fett, he was going down to the Sarlacc pit. 
Oh, that's a good <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a, kind of like an interesting way to cross paths again. I wonder what Luke would have said about Boba Fett if he had been on the bridge for that interaction. <laughs> then the CGI gets a little wonky, right? That little face CGI got a little wonky for a second. But I did like the moments where they spoke from behind. He spoke from behind. You'd look from behind, and that kind of worked really well. I mean, it did a little too much with his face trying to talk, but it was really good. And then, uh, you know, mask off, right? What'd you think about that, Strutter? Little little green paws on your grill. I've legit never been more upset with Ed in my life. <laughs> He's gonna say it, isn't he? <laughs> well, maybe one of the times he he accidentally didn't record the, the entire episode. <laughs> Yeah, no, that I was like, no, I was actually swearing mad at Ed. He was in a kill because um, the X-wing lands and Ed had decided to post the Luke. Uh, any good TV lately? Which again, the great. Mark Hamill, the Mark Hamill uh, tweet. <laughs> it was my choice to not watch it that night because I like to watch it the day before we watch, uh, before we record. Like that's how it's been done. Um, I apologize. Oh, so when it's, I was like, oh, well, maybe this is a red herring. Like, maybe <laughs> the, the, the hood's on the whole time. Like, ooh, like maybe it's going to be, uh, maybe it is going to be Ezra. Like, you know, like they could be like, you know, I don't, like, I don't know. Like, you know, like, and, and it was Luke. And I was like, it was not a red herring. I was like, I, like the thrill I should have felt when that X-wing showed up, and I was like, "What's this feeling?" Oh, I I jumped off the couch and just yelled, "Luke!" Yeah. My girlfriend was sitting next to me. She's like, "Whoa, you're a little excited." I think that's Strader's point. Is I stole that from him. Uh, yeah, I'm rubbing it in a little bit. Replaced too. it with anger. <laughs> it comes in. He gives it up. Pulls the helmet off. I think uh, we talked about before how uh, Bo-Katana, you know, was calling him a, a religious zealot. He did take off his helmet last time. Um, he hasn't been around his, you know, quote unquote, clan for a while, has run across many other uh, uh, people. And then, and, you know, a couple different uh, style Mandalorians. He's like, OK, there's there's more than one way to live. It shows his growth as a character. Uh, and we talked about seeing him grow, especially in the second uh, season. Um, and I thought, yeah, it was really poignant for him for him to take off the helmet and um, and in a way, like he's saying, grow to bye bye to Grogu, and he wants to show him his face. He's also saying bye to that chapter in his life. Yeah. And where do, where does it go from here? You know, do, do we get a, a season three of The Mandalorian? Is it going to be a conflict between him and Bo Katan? Uh, because she obviously wants to, you know, go back to Mandalore. He doesn't seem to care. But now they're now they're in the middle of a pretty tough spot. I mean, he doesn't care, but he's not going to go out without a fight. And I think that, like, to get you know to get to Lucy's point, like we're talking about growth. Like, you know, in the first season, like he learned to not hate droids, and in this one, like he learns to not be this religious fanatic that it's okay to like let people in and have friends and that life is different when you have a purpose like before like they've just been hiding out like he's been hiding out his whole life like he's never gone out into the universe and like had a purpose to do something and he's saying goodbye to his first purpose like his first like his first quest i've been quested you know i've been quested to take this one to his kind i mean now he's now he's a man without a quest well, I mean, that's the thing, too. I think he's learning his his own way. And, like, if you notice, I think he might say 
may the force be with you as much as he does. This is the way this whole season. And that was like a big thing last season, you know, first season, this is the way, this is the way it's all you hear. And now it's uh, gone. He's, he's evolved beyond that, I think. And I mean, and Strader, I cried too. Uh, seeing R2 turn it into tears of joy really quick. And then it turned and then, you know, the leg hug and watching him leave and Luke holding him and like that last eye contact between them uh, made me cry again out of uh, like sadness, not out of joy. And then what about our, our, our friend uh, Boba Fett uh, and and um, uh, Fennec. Fennec, is it Fennec? Yeah. yeah, Boba Fett just walking da- going down to Tatooine. Uh, walking into uh, Jabba's old base of operations, <laughs> like we're, we're taking over. In Fortuna, a little swole up, like myself, not the good kind of swole. Yeah, no, I thought that it was a so fucking beautiful. Yeah, Can you do a fold close? Because that's yeah. what they did, and the slow setup of everyone being off screen and you're just like oh like people just getting shot and, and like you you go you go get them and and again to hit on this old western slash uh kira kurosawa feel of like you know like the the the, the fat samurai lord like oh, you go and fight and, and everyone just getting blasted but it's happens so quick dope that finnick lets the uh Let's the dancer go and just like, all right, we don't do that here anymore. We don't, we don't do that here anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and just that cold shot again, because it reminded me of the open of, uh, of, uh, Cara Dune shooting the mm. guy. And I was just like, this is ending with a, a like a cold blade. Like, yeah. we're not talking. Like, what the fuck are we talking? Why are we talking? And, <laughs> the way that Boba like just kicks him out and sits down in that throne. Yeah. And then and then you got Fennec just smelling that little liquor from the back. <laughs> Starts chugging it on the one foot on the throne. Yeah. Like ah. well, you know it, it, it's it's interesting because you know what you you've I, I forgot about it and I don't think most people would be thinking about it. But when it comes down to it, he's a bounty hunter and she's a mercenary. I mean, those guys have always been at in the money. He had one moment where he's like, okay, like, I'm going to, uh, I'll help you out. I made a promise. I keep my promises. I keep my word. But, you know, I'm gangster when this is over. Bam. That's enormous. Yeah. And depending on what history they end up using for Boba's teenage, his missing years, um, they could easily involve the Bounty Hunters Guild, which we already know that uh, Din Djarin was already a part of. And so we know that the Bounty Hunters Guild's still out there and active. So what if Boba opens up his own Bounty Hunters Guild operating out of Jabba's palace? And so you just have a, an, a super dope op- base of operations that allows you to go out on adventures Yeah. as a story. Like mm. I was, uh, it was dope. And it's funny because I was thinking earlier, I was like, nobody died. Like the end of Game of Thrones. Sorry, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the final season of Game of Thrones, like nobody important died, and then the Finnick reveal at the end, and I was like, the one person who I thought was like the most expendable is obviously going to be like right into, you know, an amazing character. It was dope. It was it was dope. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, can't wait to uh, see what we're going to be uh, reviewing next. Uh, we'll have a discussion about that. If you guys have any ideas. Uh, if somebody wants to read them, uh, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, what would you like to see reviewed? I'm out.
Editor, San Antonio out. Take us out, Strauder. Thanks to all y'all out there. Appreciate your tuning in. Thanks for geeking out. Good to go geek out. And this is Boba Fresh, the Book of Boba. Thank <laughs> you.